This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So, New Year's resolutions, right? Who can identify with this? Dear New Year's resolution, well, it was fun while it lasted, sincerely, January 2nd. All in favor? <laughs> yeah, we all get that, right? So I was thinking, like, do I want to have a year and we can all come in and make a big resolution that it takes us two days to break? <laughs> and the answer is no. I don't want to do that. I want to actually spend a service talking about the dreams that you might have for the new year. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to come around with the audience. I'm going to ask, let's see if we can get 10 dreams, 10 dreams you have for the new, new year. And I ask you to think of these dreams this way. Skipping resolutions. What is your BHAD? Could we all say BHAD together? Yeah. Your BHAD, your big, hairy, audacious dream, you know, for the new year. Like, what is that for the new year for you? Please just raise your hand. I'll come around. Just real quickly share with us your dream for the new year. All right, first volunteer. Oh, there's a hand. Oh, Chuck, I didn't know I had to talk. Yeah, you have to talk. <laughs> Sell my house, retire, and be able to afford the horse. That's good. Sell my house and retire. What's another one out there? What's another one? Good to see you guys. Mike, you brave enough? You brave enough to give you a dream? Get this marriage underway. Get this marriage underway. And I'm their pastor, just so you know. So get this marriage underway. Get uh, a book completed. Get a I've book been dreaming completed. about. All right. Jasper's back here saying his dream. I guess just savor every single moment of this last baby in my life. Yeah, that's good. Whew, that gives me chills. Jasper's in the house. Another one out there? I would like to have a deeper relationship with the Lord. Oh, deeper relationship with the Lord. You know, that kind of connectivity and, you know, religion, religio, reconnect. One more. Who can bring it on home? I'm letting go of the I can't that happens in my head. And just having things be easy without the waiting for the other shoe to fall. That's so it. just gr- some grace and ease without the I can't. That's good. That's good. One of my favorite quotes is, we can say I can, or we can say I can't. Either way, we're right. I think that's very We want a round of applause who was brave enough to, to volunteer there. So I, I want to talk about some of those stories. Like we have these dreams, right? And, and, and we have them, and they're good, and, and I think we're supposed to have them. Do all of our dreams come true, yes or no? No. And yes, and no. It's sort of how are we going to hold these dreams, and how do we hold them in a way where we can really see, listen carefully to how I'm saying it here, folks, we can really see how God is answering our dreams. And it may not be exactly the way we thought it would be, but it's still an answer in a certain sense. I think all of us know that about 2017. Like, we're not exactly sure how it's going to go. We know there'll be blessings. We'll know there'll be breakings. And how do we hold that? 
you know, and I'm curious about that. And maybe you can join me today in just, in just thinking about how that looks. So to get at this, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about a, an old story in the Bible, you know, probably around 4,000 years old, a story of a man called Abram. And he's promised something. And he keeps on being promised. He's promised three times. So I want to read the first two promises he's given and then read the third. And to set the context for you with this, folks, this was, a, was an older man who, who he hadn't had a child of his own. And back then in this culture, you needed to have your own child. That was your lineage. That was how life kind of worked. That was your social security system. I mean, that was everything. And so here he is kind of stuck and God is promising him things and, and he goes through a set of promises, he goes through two, and then he's given a third. And I want to talk about the first two and then get into the third. So promise number one, here it is, Genesis 12. God said, go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. Just imagine that. God shows up, say, I got great news for you. I'm going to make you a great nation. So you decide time to move in our life. You feel like a dream, a vocation is calling you. You start to move. But then as we're moving, things don't quite work exactly the way we thought. So God shows up again for a second dream. Look around from where you are to the north, south, east, west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. I'll make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted to a second dream, right? And you can imagine like, okay, okay, I get it. Like first one, I I may have jumped the gun a little bit. (laughs) May have thought it was going to happen too fast. Fine, God, I get it. (sighs) Move on with life. Uh, Start to feel a little weary. Second dream takes place. Boy, I'm rejuvenated. Start to move forward. And things slow down. And things slow down. Now put that in your own life. You know, those things, those dreams that we might have, maybe a dream for relationship to be a certain way. A dream that maybe we could find that vocation that really makes our heart come alive so we're not just doing a job, we've found a calling. Maybe a dream that there's, there's this peace in the world, this, this place where your heart breaks and you really want to pour your life into it, but you're so caught up just in the nine to five Joe and Jag, Joe, Joe and Jane bag of donuts kind of existence, you don't have time for this stuff over here. And you feel like this promise, this promise that you kept on hearing, it's not quite as fresh anymore. Now, by the time you hit that third promise, folks, what are you going to be feeling? Who can shout it out? What would you be feeling the, when God shows up for the third promise? Frustration. Frustrated, like, is this actually going to work? What's going on here? And that's where we pick up this story. This is from Genesis 15. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your very great reward. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And Abram said, you've given me no children. Then the word of the Lord came to the man. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up. Can we all say look up together? Look up. Look up. That's what we're going to be focusing on. Look up at the heavens and count all the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said, so shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. That's the first time that word righteousness is actually 
actually used. So you think about Abram, what happens is he goes through life, he goes through his two dreams, and this is what he wants. Happy little family. That looks like really fun to do, by the way. You know, happy little family. And, and he, he just wants a kid. He wants a kid. It doesn't happen, doesn't happen. And then this third dream takes place, and this beautiful line occurs. What can you give me? Now, as the band comes out, think about that line. Because you can imagine, it's not just a like, Lord, what can you give me? I kind of view it as kind of this very deep resignation, like, I've heard these dreams before. Lord, what can you actually give me? Waiting is hard. I'm waiting on my world to change. Waiting is challenging. What are you going to give me, Lord? And it's fascinating to watch in this story how the Lord answers that question and gives him this incredibly beautiful, spectacularly beautiful answer to that dream. You know, when, when we wait, you know, we're all feeling like we're waiting. And, and, and I want to take a quick poll. How many of you, is there anybody out there who's good at waiting? Please raise your hand because you should be preaching this service. You know, it's not something we tend to be really good at. And how is it that we can find a way to wait and to hold these promises and to look for what the dream is and how God might be answering it? See, it's fascinating the way God does answer it. Look at this, folks. Like, take a picture of this. This is a beautiful line of scripture. He took him outside. Let's say it really loud. He took him outside and said, look up, look up and count the stars if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Look up. Look up. It's just, just, you know, you know, scripture, you run through it, you run through it, you run through it, and then you come across these little words, and you realize, like, this is, this is just spiritual genius written, written thousands of years ago. What's always been true for humanity, what will always be true for humanity. And that's when we're having a hard time waiting. Here's your quiz, two words. We need to remember to, to look up. To learn to look up. I'm just picturing right now some little kid hearing this. And next time your parents are difficult kids, just go like, look up, mom. To remind them. Or dad. You know, look up. And what does that looking up actually mean? Well, I think it means counting the stars. Like this beautiful image, right? This incredibly beautiful image. Out there in the night sky. And then we're left with this choice. A choice between settling into comfortable, realistic despair. Now, let's just stop on that one for a minute. People love comfortable, realistic despair. They do. You do. I do. You know, where we use that word, something's really despairing, and we, we just kind of sit into the comfort. Of, it's awful. <laughs> we kind of can sit in, into the comfort of how awful this is. But what we do is we discount it. We go like, yeah, I'm comfortable and this is despair. I'm, I'm going to discount it because I'm going to say that's actually realistic. That's actually the way the world is, just so you know. It's interesting. One pastor I was reading said something fascinating. You know, he was waiting outside of his church and he said, people file past. Inevitably, somebody says, oh, it was a great sermon. <sighs> now on to the real world. Well, it begs the question. What's the real world? Maybe they're leaving the real world to go to something else. 
think that's really important. And then we get to the second part. Well, we can also learn to patience to look up. And then we get to the second part. What does it mean learning with patience to look up? And I'm going to go sit over here for a second. Now, learning with patience to look up. I think we can sit kind of in one of two chairs here, right? And there's this chair here that's kind of like the impatient waiting. It lacks trust. It's waiting for something to happen. Please say the T word where? For something to happen to us. It loses the dream, like the dream is totally gone. It feels like God, life, and others have perpetually let us down. And we've probably got a list. Now, when we sit, folks, just think for yourself, like, and kids, maybe you can do this with me here. You know, when, when, when you're impatient, like just for a minute for, beside the person you're sitting with, how do you sit when you're impatient? Let's see. Let's see some people do it. Like, how do you sit when you're impatient? <sighs> yeah, you know, you kind of, you lean forward, you kind of, you wring your hands. Uh, do you guys know the, the phrase type A, type A personality? You know, where that came from, that actually was a, was a, uh, a cardiologist, and a cardiologist who was working with people who had a lot of stress in their lives, and his upholsterer kept on coming in and saying, saying, oh, your chairs, they, they wear in this really weird place, like the fabric's coming apart in a really weird place. And do you know where that was? It was the bottom of the front seat, from people grabbing it like this. I think that's that impatient waiting. There's nothing of trust in it. We're fidgety. Our hands are constantly moving. But then we can also sit in a very different place as well. We can make a choice for this, for patient waiting. Patient waiting trusts, knows the dream is true, even if diverted. Holds hope, reality together. A heart that stays open, even in the pain of life, the I can versus the I can't. Think of how you'd sit in that kind of place. You know, probably shoulders relaxed a little bit. Probably leaning in a little bit to see what the moment has to teach you. A very different, a very, very different kind of waiting. And the solution to all that is count the stars. Like count the stars, look up, count the stars. That's what patient waiting is able to do. It's able to look up and count the stars. Sometimes in ways really simple. I have a, a dear friend who was, he was driving, uh, driving his, his girlfriend back from the, from the airport. They're caught in traffic and they decide we're going to have a great time in the traffic jam. That's simple. That's simple a solution. And then there's also where we can look at huge stars out there. People who have really got that they're, they, they, they are in a place of waiting, true, but it's with a, it's a small w. And what they're not going to give in to is they're not going to give in to comfortable despair. Comfortable, realistic despair. Even in situations where that realistic part, and you can look at it and go like, yeah, realistically, there should be a lot of despair there. I want to share with you now a video, just to, just to put that across. And this is a video of CNN's Hero of the Year. A man who said his job was because God sent him to help. Take a look at this video. My name is Jason Aristizabal. I have cerebral palsy. 
A doctor told my mom that I would amount to nothing. All these difficult circumstances pushed me to be independent. I learned that I would be able to accomplish everything I put my mind to. I live in the district of Agua Blanca. It's one of the poorest areas in Cali. Many children with disabilities in Agua Blanca grow up with no type of opportunity because families don't know how to take care of them. They think that it's God's punishment. It's very important to change that way of thinking. Hola Julián. Hola. ¿Cómo estás? Bien. Ah, bueno, vamos para fisioterapia. I began doing therapy out of my parents' garage. The foundation now has its own location. We have therapy services, medical treatment, school. Our greatest interest is for the children to be happy. Bravo! They sing, they play, they dance. We have transformed the lives of thousands of children. The message I want to give people with disabilities is, yes, you can. Never give up. Always fight for your dreams. Imagine you folks can see in that. Was that a man who gave in to comfortable, realistic despair? Yes or no? No. He, he clearly didn't. He clearly didn't. And it's easy again to think like of, of life, wow, that's just, that's too big. Like how does somebody do that? And it, it's, it's not my job to say maybe that's your call, but maybe you're doing plenty just in your life like where it is. Because I think this, I think we can see, look up and see the stars all over the place. Ruth, this is that collage I was talking about. It's, it's, it's where we can look up and we can go, oh, there's, there's all these pieces. There's all these pieces. And we can see stars, stars, and stars, people serving, people caring about their values, about what they're committed to. We see that over and over and over again. I mean, this, this holiday season, folks, was just, it was so precious for me. And it was precious not because of anything great I do, because I don't do a lot great. It was precious just because I got to be a humble witness and look up and see the stars. See the stars. And they're all around. They're all around. Like I, I go out to Pittsburgh and, and Angela sends me a, you know, a text message with this guy. There's Larry. Let's all say hi, Larry. There's Larry in the middle. You know, he used to work down at Philmont Country Club. You know, he cooks there all the time. And, and like, look at our beautiful congregation right there. That's beautiful. The ages, the backgrounds, the, 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 the care, the connection. That's looking up at the stars. 
Do you get that all of us can do that? I, I think about it maybe this way. I tend to look at dreams and I tend to think, okay, I want to see the fulfillment of the dream. Just like Abram wanted to see a child, like right there, right now, boom, the fulfillment. That doesn't seem to be how God makes it work. And this is so important, and this is, this is big coming out of here. And again, I don't quite have the words for it, but I just, I just hope that maybe you get a sense of, of, I think, what God is trying to say. We have the fulfillment, this desire we have, the dream we have, the space and time dream. It may not well look that way. What God, however, is always offering us, could we say this word together? It's a big word. He's constantly offering us reaffirmation. Constantly offering us reaffirmation. He's constantly saying, like, look at these two together. He's constantly saying, yeah, you know, your dream, you got it, that's good. Let me reaffirm the promise to you over and over and over again. So this goes with that. And then we understand what hope is. Hope is the patient and trustful willingness to live without closure, without resolution, and still be happy because our satisfaction is at another level. Indeed, an incredibly beautiful concept there. As Emanuel Swedenborg would say it, peace has in it confidence in the Lord. Peace has in it confidence in the Lord. He directs all things, provides all things, and that he leads, he leads to a good end. So what's the takeaway from this? Like, what can we do? Well, I think literally we can continue to look up. Like, let's make 2017 a year of looking up. Not looking down into our despair and, and all the reasons why that despair is completely justified. Because a lot of despair, frankly, is justified. But learning instead that incredible, incredible, amazing freedom God gives us to avert our gaze from that comfortable despair up to the heavens, to literally to look up, to see the world out there in all its beauty. I think maybe then what we get is we get to this, where we're having to wait. I'm not frustrated or late or angry. Can we say the last three words there together? I am here. I think about that wonderful hero of the year from CNN. I mean, that's all he's saying is, I am here. I think anytime we face despair and we can just continue to stay in that hope-filled place, we continue to show up, we can just be like, oh, I am here. Indeed, a beautiful, beautiful place to be in the world. Please join me in a final prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for your presence here among us. And Lord, here we are, 2017. The very threshold of a new year, let our hearts stir with joy. A commitment to what we value, a commitment to a vision of community. One that reaches out the whole way to Arkansas. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here in baptism. Thank you for your presence here in confirmation as well. And Lord, help us to find roots and wings. Help us to find that centeredness and that place, Lord, where our souls can take flight. Thank you, Lord. Bless us in 2017.
Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.